Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis here, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network and the Steel Curtain Network. And I'm so glad once again to have this opportunity to speak with my black and gold brethren and anybody else that just wanders into my happy little show, my solo show. You could hear me on other shows here like yesterday or the show that used to be in this spot. We did a little flippy flop, and that show is Here We Go, the Steelers show. We wrap up the Super Bowl. We look at how the Steelers made some moves and could move ahead. Talked about Cam Hayward as well, winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Man, I'm not going to talk about that now, but uh, check out that show. Uh, I just love it. That makes me proud, even more proud, to be a Steelers fan. I was so proud of that moment because it just shows you what kind of stalwart. And I'm not, talk to, I'm not talking about John Stallworth. I'm talking about just a great man that you have in number 97, Cam Hayward. So let's go ahead and talk about some other things that we have going on here. Well, the season is officially over. The Kansas City Chiefs, 25-22 winners over the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not going to get into this, but stop with, oh, proof the NFL's fixed. It's not Vince McMahon's baby. Come on. The game's not fixed. You had a kicker. Kick it low. Man, I wish that guy had it back just for his sake. Man, Moody, Jake Moody, one of the best performances I have ever seen from a kicker in a Super Bowl with two 50-plus yarders, including a record 55-yarder, and he hits one low and misses an extra point. Oh, goodness. Heartbreaking for that kid from Michigan. Absolutely devastating, and that changes everything for the San Francisco 49ers. For those that were worried that the Pittsburgh Steelers would have company along with, well, they already have company with the New England Patriots, But along with the San Francisco 49ers, you know, I get it. Are you happy with the Chiefs winning? Me, I don't care. The Chiefs have proved that they're resilient, if anything. And if resilience is what wins Super Bowls, that wins Super Bowls. Chris Jones was just absolutely phenomenal on that team. And Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I really don't see giving the MVP to anybody else in that game. So with that being said, there you go. That game's over. And here at Fans First Sports Network, we are going to have an entire offseason to set up 2024, and it's going to be epic. Going on our second year starting in March, and I cannot wait. You're going to hear more and more great things from FFSN, and we're going to do it here on the Steel Curtain Network. So I alluded to the fact that Some people were calling it a fix. Come on. But that's 
the speculation. And that's the kind of narrative you get. And you get that a lot from us here in Steelerland. You do. And I understand. And then somebody puts it on the internet and it's going to gather steam. But come on. Here's other things that are gathering steam that is steaming my clams. Yes, if I have clams, I never called anything clams, but it just sounds good. What show is that in? Steam my clams. Either a movie or a show. But anyways, I digress. That's why this is bad language. It's anarchic in a way. I'm not talking about Antarctic. It's not that cold here where I'm coming from. But what I'm saying is this. You all are driving me crazy right now. So we speculate that Arthur Smith is going to bring in Ryan Tannehill. And now everybody thinks he's the front runner for the job. Just because you have an association with somebody or something doesn't mean you're going to do it. I probably went to Pramani Brothers four times last year. I probably went to Jersey Mike's probably about 20 times last year. Doesn't mean they're sponsoring my shows. But if you want to sponsor my shows, just please get a hold of me because I would be a good shill for you. It doesn't mean if Mike Tomlin eats at Ruth Chris Steakhouse that they're going to be the official sponsors of the Pittsburgh Steelers and be on their jerseys. It does not work that way. It doesn't matter that Mike Tomlin liked Justin Fields four years ago. Now, that does come into play. He remembers those guys. He always tells those guys that he'll remember you. And he's going to look for those guys. But Art Rooney said, we're not looking at a trade for a quarterback. And if they're going to say it out loud, they're not going to go against it. Justin Fields is not coming in. But now I'm reading Mike Tomlin wants Justin Fields. He might want him. But he might not even try to pull the trigger on him because it might not work. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. And this is what you're going to get with bad language. I'm going to tell it like it is. Or at least how I see it in my head. Sure. Assuming makes an ass out of you and me. And sure, I've assumed. And I've been said ass many a time. And I have no problem with that. But don't assume that Ryan Tannehill is the brand new quarterback in Pittsburgh. He's not. Just like, oh, well, Kirk Cousins won't come here because he's going to Atlanta because Bill Belichick is definitely the next head coach in Atlanta. He's not. Raheem Morris. He's not. So we make all these assumptions. Everything, you could link everything to everything that would make sense. But there's so much more association in this league 
that you don't realize. Before Sean McDermott became a head coach for the Buffalo Bills, where did he go to college? Where was he an assistant coach at? William and Mary, way back in the 90s with Mike Tomlin. Doesn't mean he's there. We assumed that every single year since Dino Tomlin went to Maryland, that Pittsburgh was going to take a number one pick from Maryland. They're going to continue to go to Maryland. Sure, they took some picks there. Sure, there's familiarity. But he transferred to Boston College last year, and everybody said, oh, they're still going to get Maryland guys. Not, not, not realizing that Dino Tomlin played in the spring game for Boston College. Oh, we, you, they have to. They have to do that. That was a secret deal between him and Matt Canada. Stop it! Oh, my goodness. This narrative that we dream up in our head is absolutely crazy. And if you're doing it, I'm not trying to offend you, but come on. And there's people I respect that are putting out these headlines. So you click on them. And then we're reading it and we're taking it as black and gold gospel. Oh my goodness. Not gospel. That's gobbledygook. First time in FFSN history that gobbledygook has been said on a show. Oh gosh. It just drives me crazy. All these narratives because somebody is associated with somebody else. Sure, people are in bed with each other. But it's not all the time. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to draft Jordan Addison because he played with Kenny Pickett. Jordan Addison would have been a great draft pick. But he went to Minnesota. He would have been excellent. But they had other guys they needed to get. They did not make a mistake not getting Jordan Addison. I think we're still happy as fans that Broderick Jones is here, that Joey Porter Jr. is here. The plan worked last year. Now, Jordan Addison was uh, picked before Joey Porter, and I understand that. But all I'm saying, a lot of these guys have played with each other before. Doesn't mean they're always going to want to be together in the pros or need to be together in the pros or can be together in the professional ranks. That just doesn't work that way either. Now, we had some breaking news last night or late afternoon, however you want to call it. Mitch Trubisky was cut. Oh, they're definitely bringing in Tannehill now. They cut Mitch because of Tannehill. And when some people read these rumors, they're up in arms like it happened. They're mad. They're livid. And it didn't even happen. Just because a guy's available, and we've seen this over the years, Steelers need to go after him but he's a 4-3 linebacker, doesn't fit a scheme, 
and he cost $47 million a year. Oh, Tomlin's going to go get him. And when they don't, they blame Mike Tomlin for not getting him. Like it's a football card that you could just trade easily. And everybody will be fine with it. Presley Harvin's gone. Chooksakorafor is gone. I wish them well in their future endeavors. All three of those guys. I hope they land with other teams. For the growth of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's a good move. And you're saving some money there. Not as much as you thought, but still clears about, I believe the early returns are saying $12 million or so clears with some dead money in there. But people are poo-pooing it now. They're poo-pooing it because they just want to complain about a move. My goodness, you can bring in Patrick Mahomes to this team tomorrow in a surprise trade, and somebody's going to complain about it. And it's just not Steeler Nation. It's every nation. But my gosh, this is speculation season. And everybody's going to speculate on who the guy is. They're going to speculate that Kenny's done. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you a few things and we've broken it and we're going to continue to break it. And we've broken stuff that was reported on three weeks later. We were reporting interest in a veteran quarterback the day after the playoff loss. Cause we got it from inside the facility. Oh, uh, you guys don't know. Because you're not national media. Well, national media knows less than what anybody in Pittsburgh media knows. And I'm telling you that right now. They know less. Some of them report like they're watching the stock market. They look and they see what looks to be a hole. And this is what the Steelers need in the mock draft not knowing what's going on behind the scenes like all of us here do. And I'm not just saying Steel Curtain Network, but we're getting a lot of stuff right and we're getting a lot of stuff first. But Pittsburgh Media, 412 Media is going to know better. Our competitors here. And I really don't feel like we have competitors. You're going to find us on our merit and we're going to continue to earn that merit. But we broke that first. Something we continue to say, and I'm going to tell you right now, and this was reiterated to me last week. If anybody says that Art Rooney too and Mike Tomlin are heading for a divorce, they are absolutely, positively, W-R-O-N-G, wrong. But they look at stuff. Everybody looks at stuff. Oh, it must be happening. And then a big name in Pittsburgh media will come out and say, oh, yeah, it's definitely, they're they're definitely mad at each other. Then they don't know. And I'll challenge you. 
I will. But that's the score. That's what's going on. But it's speculation season. Everything is speculated upon. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to speculate that they are going to go. You're going to see mock drafts that say that they are going to go for a quarterback in the first round. Not only would I not bet my house on it, I would not bet my enemy's house on it. I would not bet a house of cards. I would not bet a Monopoly house. One of those little green ones that when you step on, man, it hurts. Legos are worse, man. That's parenting 101. Look out for Legos at 2 a.m. Yeah. It's not going to happen. They pretty much know where they're going. But free agency is going to dictate it. So all your mock drafts right now, to quote Richard Marks from 1987, his debut album, don't mean nothing. Things that they say. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, don't mean nothing right now. You never trust a fart. You never trust a mock draft. And you never trust people that aren't in the know. So stick with 12724 Media. Not that that's, I'm not saying a specific company. I'm just saying. And then stick with Steel Curtain Network. Here's the thing the other day. It may have been right. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to complain about something else. I'm definitely going to complain about something else. And it's fellow people that have pods, that have blogs, that want to tweet it first. Why are you tweeting stuff out before it happens? Even if you get a tip. Sure, we found out that Cam Hayward, an hour and a half before he is announced the winner, which he kind of stole that, that great moment from me and a lot of other people that wanted to see it. I should have put it down. I should have put my phone down and ignored it. But we got to get it out there first. We did not put it out first until we saw it from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't need to be first. We need to be right. Okay. But bad, they were right. Yeah. But it didn't happen yet. But we got to break it before we see it. Just like we got to break that draft pick before it's drafted. I turned my phone off and I'm working during the draft. I'm working here during the draft, but... I hide it so I can't see. I want to hear Roger Goodell or Mean Joe Green or whoever is at the podium. The star of NBC's This Is Us because it was set in Pittsburgh. They actually did that for a fourth rounder a couple years ago. Snoop Dogg. Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, because he's from Pittsburgh. I want them to tell me, live on ESPN or the NFL Network. 
not the tweet. You don't have to tweet this stuff before it happens. But bad, we got to be, we got to establish ourselves and get there first. No, get there right because I love it. And I've seen you do it. I've seen you tweet it first and it be wrong. And I sit back and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you know, there's no retraction. There's nothing like that. Here's the thing. If I report something or if I speculate or assume something and it's wrong, I tell you I'm wrong. Hardly anyone else does. Hardly anybody else does. But that's okay. So speculate all you want. Lose sleep over Ryan Tannehill being the next Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. I'm not betting on that. And then tell me with what money they're going to bring in another guy. Or I know because my friends, garbage man's lawyers, brother-in-law's mistress knows Omar Khan's dentist. And he said that Omar said that Mike Tomlin likes Justin Fields. Yeah. I wish I had a better Yinzer accent. I w- that wasn't even an attempt at a Yinzer accent because Jeff and Dave won't let me do it anymore. Was my Yinzer accent is bad. All right. Take a quick break. It's time for bad memories. We are going back 40 years to the month. I'm talking about a big move that didn't end up being a great move, but it was an end of an absolutely epic era. We will be back right after this. It's bad language here on Steel Curtain Network. We are back. It is bad language here from the fans first sports networks, Steel Curtain Network. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, hence the title, Bad Language. It was the Steelers sermon about a year and a half ago for a week. Boy, that did not work out. That was bad news. Ugh. Hey, off season is where you experiment, right? But this is something that I like to do. It's called bad memories. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing that's happening, but it just corresponds with the title and the name. You know what I'm doing. So let's go back 40 years. The Steelers traded for a quarterback. They traded a third-round pick in the 1984 draft and a conditional fifth-round pick in the 1985 draft. For David Woodley, 
a 25-year-old quarterback, a veteran of the Super Bowl with the Miami Dolphins that got pushed out just because of Dan Marino. You're going to push anybody out because of Dan Marino back then. Why were they doing that? Why were they trading for him? Well, there's two reasons. One, he was young and he had a lot of talent. Youngest player at that time to lead a team to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Washington Redskins on the A-team Super Bowl. And why do I call it the A-team? Because right after the Super Bowl on NBC, the A-team with Mr. T premiered. So there you go. There's some useless out of left field trivia. But that's not what we're talking about here. Woodley was good. But the Steelers had lost to the Birmingham Stallions. Cliff Stout, their starter in 1983. I don't think anybody was broken up about Stout. Because Stout followed a legend, and you also had Mark Malone on that team as well. Even though Stout led them to a, a division title, the AFC Central, they also lost in the playoffs, what, 38 to 10? 38 to 3? I think it was, it might have been 38 to 10. It, it was on New Year's Day of 1984. Oh. It was a debacle. Absolutely horrendous. Man, I'll never forget that game. And Stout didn't love the way he was treated. He went to the NF the excuse me, USFL for more money. Can't say I blame him. But it was also in response to the pending retirement of Terry Bradshaw. So this happened in February of 1984. Now granted, Terry Bradshaw did not retire officially until July of 1984. But the team made this move and Chuck Knoll talked about this move. And I am going to quote an article from my good friend, Tony Defio from June 30th of 2016. When Noel said, David's a fine addition, said Noel immediately after the trade in a quote, courtesy of the hour, we're not sure, of course, about Terry being Terry Bradshaw. We expect it to be just about the same situation with him as it was last season. And he only, he missed most of 1983 as well. But I bring it up because when this trade was made, People knew that that retirement was, was going to happen. It was inevitable. And it was a sad thing. I remember I was a news hound as a kid and I was 11. And I remember just listening to the radio and hearing this news. And it was speculated then. And I just told you, Avoid assumptions and speculations in the first half. I know I did that. But the writing was definitely on the wall that Terry Bradshaw was going to hang it up. 
So is this a retrospective of Terry Bradshaw's career? No, but I just remember how I felt knowing that a legend was gone. And we still got a chance to enjoy him as a broadcaster. And we still do. Now he's like your, your crazy uncle, Uncle Terry. But man, when you were growing up in the 1970s and the 1980s, that black and gold 12 was something special. And it really was. And he was your guy. But bad, he wasn't that great. He only had two less interceptions that he did touchdown passes in his career. If you want to know, bad, Ben Roethlisberger is the best in history for the Steelers. And you could say that. And I have no problem you saying that. I love Ben. I love Brad. And I love them both. Love them equally. They represented the Pittsburgh Steelers in different times. And it wasn't that far off that we were hearing about Terry, excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. It was just two years ago. And people had these same emotions that I did 40 years ago. When I heard about this retirement. And I'm going to go back to a story that's just about, my goodness, it's, uh, let's see, it's six years old now, this story. But it involves my dad, me, and Terry Bradshaw. So, in my industry, I'm in sales. I had a chance to meet up with a doctor that had an old helmet. And it was apparent that it was an old Terry Bradshaw helmet. And he said, man, I know that you're heavily into the Steelers. You seem to know people. I would love if you ever find out a way to get this autograph, please let me know. Now, granted, he's a New York Giants fan, but, and he grew up in Jersey, but he loved Terry Bradshaw and he got a hold of this helmet. And I said, sure, I'll see what I can do. Lo and behold, I found an autograph signing about a month later. And I said, if you want me to go, I will go. I'll get this signed for you. And he said, I don't care how much it is. Go ahead. And uh, if you can go do it, I can't go with you. But if you can go, that'd be great. And it was in Virginia. So I called up my dad and I said, dad, let's go on a little adventure to, together. What are we going to do, son? He said, yes. Before he found out where we were going. I said, we're going to go meet Terry Bradshaw. And he's had an opportunity to, just in different things to meet different Steelers. Just I, as I had. But this one was different. This one. One of my first childhood heroes. And he was the face of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So was Joe Green. So are so many others. But this one, Franco was that other guy for me. And I had a chance to meet Franco too. 
And I had met Franco before this, but I had never met TB12, the original, the only TB12 in my mind. And so I said, Dad, we're going to go meet Terry Bradshaw. And he's like, yeah, definitely. Let's do it. So we go and we get there early and we we're behind in line. And you could tell Terry Bradshaw is uh, taking the time with everybody, but there's a huge line. He can't take too much time. And so I wanted to respect his time. I put the, the helmet in front of him. And I didn't want, I, I just didn't want to waste his time, but I want to do what I like to do when I meet these athletes. And I just met one of my, uh, not a childhood hero, but somebody that was just epic during my teen years just last week. And it was the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And I said the same thing to Terry Bradshaw that I just said last week to Jimmy Hart. And the same thing that I said when I met Ryan Shazier after his rookie season. Just said, hey, thank you for all of the entertainment and everything that you sacrificed for us in our teams. Terry said, absolutely. He said, I know this helmet. And he's looking at it. He's like inspecting it. He goes, I, the face, face mask looks different, but I could tell for a fact that I wore this helmet because of the, the insides of it. Where'd you get it? And I told him the story that it was, it was from an old, uh, it was from the wife of an old equipment manager um, that this uh, gentleman was able to, you know, procure. He said, wow, this is really cool. And he examined it. And my dad took pictures of him examining it. It was, it was so cool. He said, well, thanks. Thanks for showing this to me. And then my dad peeks his head in and I'm actually rushing Terry Bradshaw because I, I just don't want to be that guy holding up the line. And my dad peeks in and says, I was at Super Bowl 14. And Terry Bradshaw looks at my father and he says, wow, that was a tough one. We won, but man, that was a hard game. And uh, so I pipe in, I said, yeah. And I'm still mad at him. He didn't take me. He looks at my dad, looks at me and says, why didn't he take you? I said, well, because I was like eight and he wanted to take my mom instead. Terry Bradshaw looks me dead in the face. His smile turned to a fatherly look of stern consternation. And he said, hell son, well, I wouldn't have taken you either. And my dad starts chuckling. And I said, yeah, I know. I, uh, I know, but you know, I'm still not over it. And I am my dad. And I joke about it. There's no way he was going to take me. And I knew it, but I've never been to that Super Bowl. said Super Bowl. And he got to see it. And he looks, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm still not over it. I don't know if I'll ever get over it. I was just, you know, messing around. And Terry Bradshaw looks at me and, and his face lightened up a little bit, but he still wasn't smile, smiling. He said, 
And Terry Bradshaw, for the second time in 30 seconds, called me son. And he said, son, just be grateful that you have him. And I said, thanks, Terry Bradshaw. I will. And I've always been grateful. My dad is 76 years old and he's still my best buddy in the world. I did back in the eighties when he announced his retirement, we talked about it. Dad talked me down off the ledge <laughs> that day because I was despondent. And uh, I just didn't know he was my best friend back in 1984. But these years later, I do. I didn't need Terry Bradshaw to tell me how much I love my father. But I needed Terry Bradshaw to share that moment to make our bond that was strong even better. And I look back and I watch old games with Terry Bradshaw and I'm just amazed at some of the things he did. And I know it's easy to say that Terry Bradshaw had all these guys around him, but he made magic happen with that arm, the blonde bomber indeed. And 40 years ago, this month, we knew that his great career was over. And in the pits of our stomach, we knew that it was going to be a long road until the Steelers were glorious again. This just no way diminishes David Woodley, who did not have the career in Pittsburgh that he wanted. He had a lot of concussions. He passed away way too early, not as a Pittsburgh Steelers in retirement. And even though he was the starter that season, didn't end the season, Mark Malone ended the season. He was there in 84 and 85, gone by 86, gone from the, from the Steelers in 86. I salute you, David Woodley. And I salute Terry Bradshaw and how fantastic that time was. But I'll never remember, I'll never forget how I felt when I heard that trade. There's going to be a lot of news coming out. We're, we just talked about how glorious it was and how happy and how proud we were to hear Cam Hayward win as a Steeler and see that happen. When I say win, he hasn't won a ring with the Steelers. I, my gosh, I want to see that happen. but win that Walter Payton Man of the Year award. And that was amazing. And there's going to be a podcast real soon. Not saying it happens in 2024, but it could happen in 25, 26, 27. But it's sooner rather than later when we talk about the retirement and the great career of Cam Hayward. And there's going to be an 11-year-old just like me 40 years from now, having a podcast and looking about where they were when that career ended. Here's the thing about being a football fan, being a fan of anything, having heroes, having mentors, having people that you admire. 
Here's what it is. It's sad when they hang him up. But we always could celebrate in the glory of their prime. And just like Terry Baraja said, son, be grateful that you had him. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language. Make sure you check us out and all of our other shows here on Steel Curtain Network, wherever you download your favorite podcast. We will talk to you soon. You will hear me again on the preview on Thursday evening with Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. But until then, this has been Bad Language, and I ain't apologizing for nothing.